Welcome to the Broadcast Dialogue podcast, the show all about the media industry in Canada. Welcome to Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. I'm Sean Smith. In the Canadian media industry, a thing is not a thing until Jeff Vidler says it's a thing and backs it up with data as only he can. And he's just published the findings of the Canadian podcast listener study. Hi, Jeff. Tell me all about it. Well, thanks, Sean. Great to have a chance to talk about it. And it's a, it is indeed really the first ever um, deep dive into Canadian podcast listening. Um, it, it was a two-phase study um, conducted in partnership with Ulster Media um, and with the support of the Globe and Mail. Um, gave us the opportunity uh, to talk to, um, uh, in phase one, 2,500 adult Canadians to establish how many people and who, by demo and region, uh, listen to podcasts. And then we drilled down um, into 1,507 monthly podcast listeners. Um, so we got the nitty-gritty about how and where they listen to podcasts, their attitudes towards advertising. Um, and we got a peek kind of behind the download curtain to see what podcasts Canadians actually listen to. You know, a lot of people, uh, when they think about podcasts, they think, oh, well, that's a that's an American thing. That's not a Canadian thing. What did you find out? No, I mean, in fact, I mean, you know, one of the clear findings was that overall listening levels were very similar to those that um, Edison gathers from the studies they do in the U.S. You know, um, in fact, almost to the number. Uh, 15% of adult Canadians say that they listen to podcasts um, at least once a week and 24% at least once a month. And those numbers, I say, are, are within, a, I think, one point of the latest research that I've seen from medicine. Very, very interesting. And, and why do you think they're listening? It's interesting. And certainly some of this is anecdotal beyond the survey itself. But, you know, I mean, I think the simplest way to put it is that podcasts work for those times when the eyes are busy but the mind is free. Um, so if you think about those situations, right, um, if you're commuting, um, you know, that's one of those times that your eyes are busy, but your mind is free. If you're doing chores around the house, if you're going for a walk, taking the dog for a walk, if you're, you know, washing the dishes, um, all of those kinds of things are the kinds of occasions that people say they, you know, listen to podcasts. And, and, and some people too, just when they're relaxing at home, just when they want that chance to hear their favorite podcast. Where is the content coming from? Well, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, certainly a lot of the content is coming from the U.S., but one thing the study does show is that there really is an appetite um, from Canadian podcast listeners for Canadian podcasts. Um, we um, we asked everyone to identify all of the monthly podcast listeners to identify um, up to ten podcasts that they listened to in the past month, and so we tallied up all of those results. Uh, we came up with a list of sort of the top twenty podcasts, and and six of those were Canadian. Um, and, and in fact, if you look at the top 10, four of them were Canadian. Those were all time-shifted CBC programs in the top 10, um, which gives some indication of where there's opportunity beyond that. Um, but you go down to the, 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 the top 20, you know, Canada Land from the journalist uh, Jesse Brown was in there as well. Um, and when we asked Canadians, do they want to hear, the podcast listeners, do they want to hear more about 
what podcast, Canadian podcasts are available. I mean, almost 50% said yes. They would like to hear more about what other Canadian podcasts are available. So again, it speaks to that opportunity. Um, right now, certainly a lot of the listening is going to U.S. podcasts, but, um, but there's definitely an appetite to listen to Canadian podcasts as well. Jeff, is there a uh, an expectation that traditional broadcasters and media outlets should be the source of the content, or are the listeners looking for um, new, independent, fresh, young uh, sources that may uh, not come from traditional uh, outlets? And a great question, Sean. I mean, really, what we can see from the data is there's two kinds of podcast listeners, if you like. And, and, and there's one that is typically kind of divided by age. Um, the younger podcast listeners, um, you know, the, the, use the example of the Joe Rogan uh, podcast, which, you know, Joe is a comedian by trade, but certainly does a lot of just interview topics. But it's sort of one type of podcast, very much original podcast, kind of unfiltered. Um, and then you've got the other side of it, where you've got really, you know, the older demographics, which are more of those sort of time-shifted public radio programs, whether it be CBC or, or NPR. Um, so it's, it's, it, we have a tendency to kind of think of, oh, podcasts, they're all kind of one big bucket. It's not really true. There are different types um, of podcast listeners out there listening for different kinds of podcasts. But commercial broadcasters really are not on the scene yet in any significant way, either U.S. or Canada. Um, I mean, it's you know, the, the broadcast podcasts that you hear are from public radio because those, you know, podcast listening does solve a clear problem for public radio listeners. You know, you may have a favorite program, but you may not be available to listen to it when it's on the radio. So podcasting gives you a chance to hear that show on your own schedule. But then, and again, this is more of the younger demographic, there's also a whole lot of excitement and energy around a bunch of other podcasts that are originally done. And, you know, tend to be often a little bit more towards the comedy side um, when looking at younger demographics as well. Interesting. Now, um, what do you think the opportunities are for commercial broadcasters then? You know, I think it's another great question. And, and, and it's not, I don't think, an easy one to answer. Um, one of the things is really coming to terms with what that podcast listening experience is because it is different than um, what we think about with commercial broadcasting. I mean, and you have to think about it in terms of how most people listen to commercial radio. It tend to listen to it somewhat in the background. It's there, provides kind of musical accompaniment to what they're doing, uh, and they may kind of, you know, raise their level of interest depending on something they may hear, a song they like, or a uh, personality comes on, news or information that comes on that they're interested in. Um, but typically, they're listening more in the background. Podcast listening, and again, a bit like public radio listening, is much more foreground. The listener is there, present. Again, they're listening because their mind is free. So they're trying to engage with that content. And, and one of the things it means is, unlike, you know, radio commercial radio tends to sort of you talk loud enough to hear people at the back of the room podcast listening tends to be a much more intimate experience and, and tends to be much more intimate in the way that it's presented so there's there's a difference just in terms of the medium itself um and and also you know obviously the content you know broadcasters are really obsessed and, and for good reason with you know clocks and time and everything else podcasts again kind of time suspended to some extent um it's it's different than that kind of clock. It's a, you know, it's a beginning, middle, end type of thing as opposed to 
something that's kind of cyclical. So you can't necessarily think of podcasting strictly in terms of on demand, something that you choose when to listen to it. It's also the mindset with which uh, you're listening and your uh, choices that you make to, to arrive at the podcast. Right. When people are listening to audio on demand, they tend to be listening to those things that are more foreground. Look into your crystal ball then, because uh, that's what you do so well. Envision what, what's the opportunity then for talent across Canada? It seems to me like it's the Wild West. It's, it's, it's a free-for-all over there. There's nothing but opportunity. What do you think? It's the total Wild West. Um, and nobody really knows uh, where it's all going to go. Um, uh, you know, and, and in fact, you know, all of what we're seeing now, this is still, you know, the early wave, if you like, of podcast listening. It is growing, and it's growing fast, and bringing more and more people into the tent. Um, and as it brings more people in the tent, the kind of content may shift to reflect their taste, too. So um, that's what makes it difficult. And I think that's probably what will create more opportunity for commercial broadcasters to find those kinds of podcast content or on-demand content that that sort of vary from that public radio model um, um, and, that, and that will interest and excite um, listeners. And in terms of talent, I think it does give talent a, a tremendous opportunity, if not to provide time-shifted programming. That, I just don't see that working effectively for broadcasters to say, oh, we're just going to podcast the morning show. Um, we're just going to put that on demand. You know, it's a different kind of listening experience. But if that morning talent has a following, then... For them to do a podcast, to repurpose maybe some of the content they've delivered or put together for that morning show, but repurpose it into fit that medium, um, I, I think there's tremendous potential. And like everything else, too, all things digital, it's a matter of uh, finding a way to monetize the, the dreaded M word, too. Um, I think when we figure that out, we'll uh, we'll see the the hockey stick. Yeah, well, that's and 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 that is the big F, and it's you know, and, it, and it's a big challenge for Canada in particular. We just don't have the scale of the U.S. either, right? You know, in terms of you know um, potential advertising revenue and and all of that. I mean, you know, but the potential is there, and and there certainly are those who um, uh, Jeff Ulster, who's my partner uh, in Ulster Media and the study, and uh, Jean-Marie Heimrath. Um, have started the podcast exchange, which is, um, uh, you know, they're really trying to create a little bit of a hub um, for Canadian podcasters. Also, an opportunity to sell some of that advertising time, uh, if you like, I hate to use the word time, or advertising slots um, that um, on, on the most listened to U.S. podcasts that are so often wasted in Canada. I mean, one of the things we did in the studies, we asked people to name the three advertisers they remember hearing on podcasts. Well, you know, the number two on that list, Blue Apron, the number seven on that list, Stamps.com, aren't even available in Canada. So, you know, those are wasted advertising opportunities. And and with dynamic ad insertion, there are possibilities of being able to capture that audience as well. So not just the Canadian audience, but also listening um, from uh, that Canadian listeners are giving to U.S. podcasts. So if there's one major takeaway, it's that podcasting is a thing in Canada too, and that get out there, build it, and uh, the money will follow. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I wish it was quite that simple. It's going to take a bit of time. I mean, the biggest challenge really is, is marketing. You know, um, I mean, this is the long tail wagging. You know, we really saw that when we asked people about those 10 podcasts they listened to in the past month. Um, we identified 2010 individual podcasts from that list. Out of 1,500 respondents, mm -hmm. 2010 different podcasts came up. And of those, there's only 400 that had more than one mention. Interesting. 
So, you know, it's, it's, you know, trying to get up into that top tier, obviously, of, of podcasts, up to that top 10 or top 20 of podcasts where you have a significant enough audience that you really have something to sell is part of it. Um, and so that's a real challenge. But the other thing, the other opportunity really is being able to tie very tightly what it is that you're doing to a particular market and, and make the perfect fit for that advertiser. There's a lot of energy and excitement around branded podcasts these days. Steve Pratt and Chris Boyce, both from the CBC, have met a lot of success actually across North America with um, doing branded podcasts for companies like Slack, um, McAfee, um, Prudential, um, Dell Technologies. Um, we've done a number of them, you know, and it's really creating a podcast that's great content, but it's content that's a perfect fit for those brands. Um, the McAfee podcast they've done, for example, is um, about hacking. Um, it's called Hackable, and, and every episode is the host is getting hacked <laughs> by somebody, yeah. and then that the, the hacker comes on and, and explains what he's doing and how you can protect yourself against that. So you know, what a perfect connection for McAfee. All they have to do is, they don't, they don't even have an ad in it. They just say it's hackable for McAfee, right? So there are opportunities out there, too, where you can find exactly that right fit for the advertiser. Those are your guys to watch over at Pacific Content. Well, listen, um, I think what you've done here is you've created a... Uh, a benchmark now uh, that we can follow up. Uh, I don't know how often you will plan on doing this, but perhaps every year for the next while, we could chart the uh, the proliferation of Canadian podcasts as you move along. We're kind of playing it by ear a little bit. Um, Globe and Mail was certainly generous enough to give us some support to get us kind of off the launching pad to do the first study. Um, but there's certainly been lots of interest. So, I mean, we may even um, have maybe half-year updates as well, particularly in terms of the podcasts that, that people are listening to. I mean, when we were in field, we were in field in July, and asking people the top 10 podcasts in July is different than asking them about what those top 10 podcasts would be today. There's a lot of podcasts that you know, weren't in production at that particular moment, so um, obviously had you know, smaller audiences, and, 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 uh, and, you know, and it's changing. There's so many podcasts out there and, and so many new ones coming on that are you know, kind of you know, edging, finding their way into that, um, into listeners' habits. Well, I really appreciate you uh, taking some time today to talk to us about the Canadian Podcast Listener Study. Thank you very much, Sean. Appreciate it. Now... If you want to read the summary report on the survey, go to canadianpodcastlistener.ca. You can also take the opportunity to subscribe to the next public report when it becomes available. Jeff Vidler is president of Audience Insights, Inc., and he joined us from Toronto. I'm Sean Smith. Thanks for listening to Broadcast Dialogue. For more information about the podcast or to receive exclusive access to our weekly briefing about the Canadian media industry, visit us at broadcastdialogue.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, connect with us on LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter and SoundCloud. I'm Matt Kundal, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.